0: Hallelujah. Are you guys awake this morning? Come on, give God a shout of praise if you're awake in this house. I mean, I came home at 3 in the morning, but I feel like I'm more awake than you are. God deserves the glory, amen. It's a happy new year. Did you guys have a blessed time coming into 2019? Amen. We've had such a powerful week from Monday night. Every day we had four services in the glory of God. And, you know, something about being in one place and staying there where God begins to just kind of go deeper in our heart and, and, and just in our encounter with Him. Because communion really takes place when our mind is fixed on Him. And sometimes that's what takes time for us to really come into the presence of God. Because how many of you know the presence of God is available right now? You have total access into the throne room of God. The very throne room of God. You know, not just a a portion, but the very presence of God. We have been given boldness, the Bible says, to enter in. But I think real communion is a place where our mind is fixed on Him. And that's what takes time. And I feel like God did just tremendous things in, in my life personally... And really spoke over my life and we feel so refreshed, so renewed and empowered. And, you know, this was our fourth year participating in Kingdom Domain, uh, which happened in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. And what a blessed time we had. How many of you guys actually went with us? If you're here, if you're back, would you wave your hand if you went with us? All right. The front row. So I'm going to need you guys to be awake. Hallelujah. Some of the people are still out there and and, um, still traveling and flying back. But praise God for all the healings and miracles that we've seen and the things that God has done. Amen. So if you took these cards, we're not just asking God to, you know, bless us or meet our need. But we're asking God for direction. We're asking God for his purpose and his will for our life. Just simply because finances are connected to our time. Finances don't just represent money. Finances represent our life because they represent our time. So we want to ask the Lord, how would you want us to purpose our lives in this question as well? So at the end of the service, we're going to have buckets at the altar. And you're going to bring your offering and your tithes together with this card, we're going to place it in these buckets. We're going to pray and agree as a church because the word of God instructs us to do this and there's power in agreement. There's power in agreement because that represents faith. That we all come together and we're carrying one another's burdens and I believe God's going to meet your need but way beyond that, that God's going to bless you to be a blessing. Amen. Stepping into the new year. I really believe that we need God's perspective. We really need God's viewpoint on our life. How many of you guys know that sometimes when our perspective changes, it changes the way we approach the situation? And many times what we do is we ask God to deliver us from the situation. But more often God changes our perspective in that situation and empowers us. ...to conquer the obstacles that we're facing. Perspective changes everything. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, I need, God's I need God's perspective. Proverbs chapter 2. Thank you, I'm good. Thank you, brother. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. It says, my son... If you accept my words, this is NIV. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands with you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Say with me, understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and you, if you look for it as for silver... And search for it as a hidden treasure. I mean, there's a lot to to talk about just right here. But if we can approach understanding and insight and wisdom as a hidden treasure. Not the blessing. Many times the blessing is the byproduct of wisdom. Are you guys with me? You can talk back, please. Sometimes... The blessing is the byproduct of understanding because you can have a lot, but if you don't understand what to do with it, what's the meaning of having it in the first place? So the Bible says that we must seek and pursue wisdom and understanding as a hidden treasure. How much do we value this? How much do we value wisdom? How much do we value understanding? And there's a cost in this. There is a discipline in this. We have to study the word of God to understand God's will. Many times we come, we just want an encounter. We just want an experience. But here, one of the wisest people that lived, that received wisdom directly from God, he says, seek this as a hidden treasure. You know, he asked for wisdom out of all the things he could have asked for. So he wasn't speaking from a place of of lack. He was speaking from a place of wisdom. Like, hey, I have wisdom, and I'm telling you, seek this as a hidden treasure. Because without wisdom, my life was not the way it is right now. So he's describing the value of this. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find The knowledge of God. Then you will understand. Say with me, understand. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. For his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. Understanding will guard you and discretion will pr- protect you. You know, the Bible says that we, we perish because of a lack of knowledge. We perish because of the lack of revelation. And so this is something that I want to encourage all of us in 2019, that we really seek God's counsel, that we really seek God's wisdom, and that we pursue understanding. Like, all of us know this. You know, we can read the Bible without setting our heart to pursue understanding, and we just read through the Bible. But when you really want to understand, it causes you to stop and to seek deeper beyond the word into the word. Because your heart is tuned to gain understanding so that you can come to the knowledge of God. God is expressing his will. He's expressing his heart. He's expressing his desires within his word. And I think... I think um, in our time and age and day, we have become spiritually lazy. You know, we're not lazy to have fun. We're not not lazy to work, because a lot of you work really hard and you've become successful in what you do. But for some reason, when it comes to this, Just this one thing. Everything else is fine. But when it comes to this, we become lazy. When it comes to really studying the word or spending time, setting time aside to spend time with the Lord, prioritizing this, uh, spiritual laziness. But if we submit our life to this, We will be able to access the hidden treasure that you cannot see with your physical eyes. And your life will never be the same. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30. So if you can open up 1 Samuel chapter
1: 30.
0: I'm going to read verses 3 through 10 and then 16 through 20. 1 Samuel chapter 30 please open your bibles your notebooks turn on your bibles first samuel chapter 30 if you're there tell me you're there <clears throat> and if i can have maybe 3 people from the trip to kingdom domain if you have a testimony burning in your heart would you would you come forward really quick i want you to just release uh, what God has done in your life. Just maybe two, three people. Real quick, go ahead and come out. Is there another mic? Can I can I ask? Can I, yeah, Jacob, thank you. <clears throat> oh, it's a, it's a duo. It's a combo. <laughs> Anybody else? Whoever's doing, uh, sharing, go ahead and stand up so we can see you and know that you're
2: Go ahead, Elijah, or Eli. Elijah, Eli, whatever you want to call me. Wow, where do I start? It was, this is my first year going, and it was what it did to my life, what it did in our life, was something that just will impact the rest of my life. I saw so many things that, that Jesus is doing in people's lives. And one of the biggest things I learned from this—I mean, I saw every, everywhere you go, you see people, little groups just praising, worshiping. Sometimes the whole night through, just in little circles, just—they can't get enough. It's this hunger. I learned that my comfort in a in a setting of church, of what I've been brought up with, to sit quietly and just relax and just listen, needs to be broken. Because David was dancing and he was embarrassing himself. And God says, that's a man after my own heart. He does it with his whole heart. But what I found, one of the biggest things, we, we were blessed by every single service, like so much. All the, the teaching, the, the Holy Spirit working through, the worship was just amazing. But what I saw is Jesus is in the little details. Each person's lives, the encounters we had with you, you meet somebody, we're sitting at a table in the cafeteria, and we get to encounter Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fills you just as you're sitting there talking, and you're like, wow, this is what I got when I was in service, and it's the same. You meet somebody as you're walking down the, it's a huge campus, and you're walking and you're just talking to somebody. And you see Jesus in the little things. He cares about the little, the little detail in the person's life that you, it seems so little to you. And you give them a hug and you say, I just see Jesus in you. And they're like, really? Yes, really. And, they, and then the next, they're sitting there, and as they're praying, Holy Spirit's like, yes, I do see. Because you are righteous, blameless, and Holy. And they get that revelation. And it's the little things. It's your word to everybody, to a single person somewhere out there. means so much. I'm not going to take up too much time. My wife can speak a little bit.
3: Yeah, God is so good. He also just left me so speechless. Um, I came there with an expectation, honestly, just to meet with him. And I just hungered for him. And what I can encourage you all is if you have a hunger for him, he's not going to just sit there and not give you anything. He's gonna give you something so beautiful that there's gonna be like, wow. So like Eli said, he just met us in the simplest little things where he just came down and you were like, wow, I didn't even expect this, but wow. So God is so good, just keep searching him and he's gonna do wonders.
4: Hallelujah. Wow, well for those of you that aren't familiar with Kingdom Domain, it's a school that goes on for five days straight we start the first service at 9 a.m. and we finish the last service around 12 11 p.m. and people are still praying for one another speaking into each other's lives prophesying probably all throughout the night I mean we're all running on a very little amount of sleep but The power of just Jesus and his closeness there, everyone's coming with such an expectation. It's so beautiful to see when there's so many of us that are so hungry to see the glory of God and we come together and the Holy Spirit shows up and Jesus shows up. And so many people that I spoke to saw just various images of Jesus throughout the service. Just literally with their eyes, seeing Jesus walking throughout the service, appearing to many, to many. And what I feel like for me, the takeaway, the whole thread throughout the conference, it felt like it was don't view things with the carnal mind. We have a spiritual perspective that we need to place our gaze on. And oftentimes we walk in the spiritual and God gives us downloads. He gives us vision. He gives us guidance. The next morning we wake up and we're in our carnal mind and we're like what was that how could I do that that's not possible but it's the constant Jesus is saying renew your mind keep your perspective on me and everything that I've spoken to you in the spiritual it will come to pass just hold on to that and another thing I felt like God was saying to me was uh, Jeremiah 29 Thirteen, it said, "Seek me wholeheartedly, and you will surely find me." And I feel like this is the year. This is the beginning of a new year where we need to seek out friendship with Jesus, and we will surely find Him.
5: Um. So, First Corinthians, right in the beginning, talks about those people in Corinth Paul is addressing as saints, people who are resurrected with Christ. Right, and then the fruit of that is grace from our Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is basically what resonated with me the whole time. The reason why you hear so many amazing things from this conference is because people spent time with God every day. It wasn't because of some miraculous preacher who had power, but rather it was the Holy Spirit who came in an infrastructure that was built on prayer, on sacrifice, and people pleading for more of God. Some people came extremely dry, Some people came questioning God. Some people came expecting miracle signs and wonders, but having no idea who Jesus was or never even read their Bible. But they came out experiencing the power of God because people sacrificed what they wanted to do, and they spent time with God. They gave Jesus a chance. I just felt it strongly on my heart. I wasn't even gonna come up here, but every single one of us in here have experienced God in different ways, and many of us have been in church for a long time. But I challenge you, let God completely change your perspective on what it means to be a Christian. And start with giving him five minutes every morning. Just try it. I I believe that God's going to absolutely change your life. And it's going to come from being devoted and consistent with him.
3: Amen. Amen. Um, I personally, this was my second year, but i um, I got correct um really felt like I got saved all over again (laughs) even though I've been a believer all my my whole life but truly like from the day that I we started services God was dealing personally with me on things that the next morning was spoken about then God was dealing with me the next it almost felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of beating beating the speaker to the punch in in my personal heart and so uh, um really just every single day just i felt like god just took a scalpel and was just really just plucking at things that are still imperfect in me and so um he's so incredible sorry i'm a crier (laughs) and um just really sensed just the holy spirit was so thick so thick um in the daytime, I had the opportunity to um, to serve with the teens because they had the school is for uh, teens alongside with, with grown-ups and everybody else, I guess. And so um, almost like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, man, I'm going to miss out on stuff. But God was just pouring out so much. And even spending time with the teens, um, teens are dealing with so much stuff right now. And, and we had like one session was a panel and all of their questions. I feel like even in the past years, it's like teens care about, okay, drinking, smoking, dating, whatever, those those tiny little things. But this year was a lot of like, how do I spend time with God? What do I do? How do I dig deeper? What if I don't want to read the word? What if they had some crazy questions, like deep stuff about about heavens how many heavens are there like what that you know some of us don't even like feel that that's even it's it doesn't even matter but teens are so like there's just such thick hunger that um it's just arising and you just feel the holy spirit stirring something up and in the spirit and this is a brand new year and throughout the whole time I know a lot of us too it's like um It's a new year, and it's almost like I felt God kind of scratched everything that I knew from my religious, like, from growing up in church. And um, you kind of, you know the right thing to do. You always know the right way to act at church. You always know the right thing to say as a response to people reaching out to you. Or I have the opportunity to minister with kids and youth and stuff. But he totally just, like, scratched all of that off. And it's like a clean slate. So, um... God
6: is so good. I you were
7: I came to this event from Latvia. This was a long flight
6: but знала, что есть что-то, что Иисус там приготовил. I
7: believe that when in one place.
6: что когда в одном месте голодные люди, там что-то
7: происходит. we can come to a church.
6: приходить на служение.
7: Come to service. Сидеть здесь. Sit here.
6: А где-то мысли там.
7: But our thoughts are somewhere far.
6: Как пройдёт служение?
7: Что будем делать дальше? What happens next? когда
6: есть дней.
7: But when there are 6 days.
6: and когда люди платят цену.
7: I believe when people pay a price and they gather in one place to focus on one thing on one image one identity,
6: one name
7: I had a feeling
6: that it
7: felt as if Jesus did this with his hands like this and when you don't look right or left but when you just look in his eyes,
6: and the more
7: we stayed there,
6: the services would
7: end at 11,
6: midnight, and our curfew
7: was already at
6: 1am,
7: not to interfere with those who were sleeping.
6: But there were few hundred people gathered
7: all over the campus that would just continue praying till 3, 4
6: a.m. You know what
7: I understood is that we're created for heaven.
6: We were never created for the earth. We were created for heaven. That's why when
7: we are in that kind of presence you want more. You want more
6: and more because we were not
7: born for this
6: earth.
7: Because heaven they're inside of us.
6: And, and I believe when
7: Jesus looks like this into our so
6: eyes, so close, when you can when see your own
7: reflection in his eyes,
6: in that moment
7: he burns up everything that's of the earth.
6: I kept asking him to,
7: earth, for him to burn up everything that's of the earth, for him to burn up everything that's of the
6: earth, but
7: for his heaven to be reflected in
6: me. The only way
7: we can carry his glory is to die for ourselves when you're dead only <laughs> the dead
6: those who are dead for themselves dead for their desires dead for their own will it
7: says if you are co-crucified with Christ you were baptized into his death for him to come to life in you I said Jesus I don't even want the ministry I don't want the missions I don't want anything else I just want you Jesus I want you
6: Jesus and I just want to I want to
7: wish to each one of you in 2019 the question to ask yourself is how much do you want we
6: Jesus we
7: can only receive him as much as we want him
6: and let him release
7: this supernatural hunger today he gives the spirit without measure he gives it without measure
6: and
7: today on our way to church I said can you imagine what would take
6: place if
7: we would not say stop or enough we said, yeah we experienced this yesterday yeah we saw this yesterday but today there's greater things Jesus I want more Jesus I want
6: more and no matter what we go through in our life when you would
7: once see his face and see his eyes throughout the rest of the circumstances
6: his eyes
7: will continue to speak to you that you will overcome all things
6: by the power of the
7: one who loves you Jesus desire for more
0: You know, nothing can stop hungry people. And there's something about hunger that opens up revelation everywhere you go. Uh, You can receive anywhere if you're hungry. You don't need a special atmosphere to hear God. You don't need a song to hear God. You need a a hunger in your heart. But I realized um, what creates a greater measure of hunger is tasting. If, if, if you don't taste, there is no appetite. But when you begin to taste the goodness of God, when you begin to encounter his presence, it always produces a greater hunger, a greater measure of surrender, a greater place of willingness to lay down your life to encounter him. And it's interesting that, you know, when Moses, the first time he encountered the glory of God was was in the burning bush, where, you know, I heard this, um, that, that it was common for bushes to burn, but just the fact that Moses stuck around to notice a small difference. That in the desert, it was actually common that... There would be burning bushes. But Moses noticed a little difference. And in that little difference, he began to be drawn to the glory of God. And God spoke out of his fire. God spoke out of his presence. And that was his, his first encounter. The, the second encounter was on the mountain. The glory of God. Or, you know, before that, the cloud that led them and the fire, the pillar of fire that led them. And then the mountain where God actually invited him. And and there's, there's a place where we pursue God, but there comes a place or a measure of his glory where he invites you. Where you actually, you can't go in without an invitation. Where he invites you into a deeper place. And then the glory that's revealed through his face. And I believe that God called us to live in that glory. Where our face are shining. Where our lives are shining. Jesus said you are the light. We're actually called to live in his presence. To abide in his glory. And and, and the result of this third encounter that Moses had was his face was shining. Radiating with light. Radiating with glory. Now read this text. We're not going to have that much time to really dissect this, but I will read it before we pray and take a few thoughts from it. Just for a few moments. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 3. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured. And uh, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were taking, uh, they were thinking or talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of uh, his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Say this with me. David found strength strength in in the Lord his God. I wonder how did David find strength? So this is, this is David in a constant pursuit after being anointed by God, right? And it's Battle after battle after battle. And here he comes after a battle and finds that the Amalekites, they invaded his camp, took everything. Took the wives, took the children, took all the possessions, took all the wealth, and his own men, the 600 men that he had, the the mighty men, the strong warriors, they were talking of stoning him. And the Bible says, David found strength in the Lord. How did David find strength in the Lord? I believe that David chose in that moment to meditate, to think upon the promises of God. Because everything in the physical was standing against him. Everything in the physical reality said, this is it. It's over. You're in a dead end. There is no way out of this. But David chose to first set his mind on the word of God David chose to first remember the promises of God David chose first to remember the covenant of God and I believe it's just my opinion that this is how David strengthened himself in the Lord Because if you read the book of Psalms, David was singing songs and writing psalms about the goodness of God, about how great God is. And through that, he was continuously strengthening himself in the Lord. The psalms were birthed out of pain and persecution and challenges and hardships. They are a blessing to us now, but in that moment, they were for him. So he found strength in the Lord. Then David said to the priest, the son of Ahimelech, I might butcher some of these names, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. You see, David didn't give in to fear. David didn't give in to the physical circumstance. David didn't give in to what life was dictating. David first strengthened himself in the Lord, and then he went to God. And he said, God, what do you want me to do right now? And you know what I love about God? God always has a word for your situation. God always has a thought about your life. God always has a purpose and a destiny and a way where there seems to be no way. God always has a secret pathway that no one else sees that is invisible to the physical eye. But for you to begin to see God's way, you have to acquire of the Lord. So the Bible says he acquired of the Lord he didn't get offended at God he didn't say God but you promised he wasn't complaining he strengthened himself in the Lord and he came to God with an open heart and ability to hear and he said God what do you say about this you know what this tells me that this was his regular practice This was a well that he knew where it's located. Because whatever your escape route is, that determines your source. A lot of times we say, God, you are my source. But whenever we face challenges, we run to another source. But whatever is your escape route, that determines your source. And the source... Of strength and power for David was the word of God. he didn't go to anything else he didn't go to the to his men the 600 that he had left and say hey come on and he didn't try to encourage them he didn't try to talk him out of killing him he left everything and went to a choir of the Lord and sometimes when we face situations we need to learn how to leave everything and step into God's presence and seek his counsel and seek understanding and seek the ways of God about our life because I do know this that every battle is a is a is a a divine appointment for victory every struggle is going to work for you every pain is going to develop you everything that the enemy meant for evil God will turn around for good but first David had to strengthen himself in the Lord so that his mind would be aligned With God. and This is connected to renewing of our mind. And then David went into the presence of God and acquired of the Lord. The Lord released the word and said, go ahead, pursue them. You will capture them. You will take them. David and 600 men with him came to the Bessar Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. They didn't eat for three days. They were exhausted. There was only 600 of them. I think they looked weak in comparison to the enemy. But they weren't going in their own strength. They had a word from God. They had a word from God. And we're going to skip to... Verse 16, and this is one of the slaves of the enemy's camp who was left behind that divinely directed him. And this was divine provision in place of obedience. It's not enough to to just hear God. The power of the word is when we agree with God and begin to go back to our dead situation and walk it out. And see, the interesting thing is, the divine provision was placed in the path of obedience. Are you guys with me? The divine provision, even the slave that met them and fed them and they were strengthened and led them straight to the enemy, was divine appointment and divine provision from God. But it's placed in the path of us walking with the word. If we want to walk by the Spirit, we have to walk with the Word. For 2019, are you walking with a Word? Or are you just trying to deal with life? Or are you just trying to duck all the bullets and try to survive? Listen, God has a Word for us. God has a Word for our life. And every dead end, there's a secret pathway. If we could just get into the presence of God and acquire of the Lord. And verse 16, he let David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything that Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. This is David's Plunder. Would you stand to your feet with me? Hallelujah. Proverbs 3 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Which you, can we put this up on the screens? Proverbs 3 5. Proverbs 3 5. <clears throat> Let's say this together trust in the Lord. With all your heart. And do not lean. On your own understanding. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will make. Straight your paths. In this beautiful story. One of the most difficult things. Is surrendering. To the word of God. Because. In the physical, after David heard, nothing changed. They still had nothing. They didn't even have food. They still had nothing. They didn't have their wives. They didn't have their children. They didn't have their wealth. They had nothing. But they had a word from God.
5: Amen. Hallelujah.
0: What changed? Not his physical reality. But his spiritual reality, where he began to see his life through the Word of God. His perspective changed, which empowered him to act differently towards the situation he was in. I'm believing that for 2019, God will change our perspective. That we will no longer be victims, but we will be more than conquerors. That we will no longer be defeated by the situations we're in, but that we will go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with a word that we receive from God and be more than conquerors and take back everything the enemy has taken. In Jesus' name. We're going to pray a new perspective over our finances over our businesses, over our life, and we're going to we're going to apply the word that we hear from God into a greater place of surrender. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It wasn't enough for David to just know Torah in that moment. Right? He needed to hear Rhema. Not logos, Rhema. He needed to hear from God. And this is where I am in my life. God I need to hear from you. You know, when I was coming into 2019, I said, God, I need a word from you. I, I need your view. I need your perspective about my life. I don't want to walk blindly. I don't want to be a blind man that leads blind into the same pit. I want to see with different eyes. I want the scales to be removed so that I can see the way that you see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take your offering, take your tithe, take your cards right now. If you're with your spouse or with your family, go ahead and touch an agreement right there where you're at. Just go ahead and, and, and take that card and, and just grab, grab just hands and let's agree. And, and I want you to pray in faith. I want you to pray in faith for the things you've wrote. And, and, and I, wanna, I, I want you to ask God for a word. Ask God for a word because God has a word for every situation. God has a word for every situation. Would you ask him for a word for your life for 2019 in this area? In Jesus' name. Lord, we just agree right now as a family, as your church body. And Lord, we pray for every need. And, and don't play, pray for, from a place of, of being a victim. But take authority. Maybe over, over certain areas that, that you wrote about. Take authority in the name of Jesus. Speak life over those situations. Lord, we we touch an agreement right now. We pray for every family. We pray for every job. We pray for every business. We speak divine direction. We speak divine blessing. Lord, we speak prosperity. Lord, we speak health. We speak strength to the body. In the name of Jesus. Lord, and we bless the marketplace. Lord, in 2019, we say the marketplace is your platform, is your stage to display your glory. Would you use our lives, God, to be a light, to be a salt, to bring your kingdom into the marketplace in Jesus' name. That people would come to know that you are God. Ushers, if you can place the buckets right now, please. Place all the buckets across the whole altar.
3: Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit.
0: Lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Divine thoughts from heaven. Creativity from heaven. Lord, would you empower and equip your people. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Pray pray in the Spirit. Bypass your understanding
1: and pray in the spirit to get understanding for your life, to get understanding for your situation.
0: ask all the ordained leaders and pastors to come and just take uh, these buckets into your hands. All the pastors, ordained leaders, please. Holy,
1: holy, holy, holy.
0: resurrection power you know by laying this into the bucket we're saying God I'm surrendering I'm surrendering to a greater measure because whatever I have I know there is more amen I'm not satisfied with where I am I know there's more and I'm laying this down and I'm surrendering for promotion I'm surrendering to a greater measure when David surrendered to the word of God despite of his physical circumstance, he surrendered to a promotion. He didn't just come back with everything that the enemy took. He came back with so much more wealth that he didn't even know how to distribute it. And you know what David recognized? When the 400 warriors didn't want to share it with the 200 that stayed back, David said no, 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 no. Everyone will get an equal portion because it was the Lord who gave us victory. It was the Lord who strengthened us, it was the Lord who led us. We understand that anything we can achieve with our own strength will allow us to see ourselves in that victory. But if we surrender, God will take us way beyond the victory and we will recognize that it's only God, it's only God, it's only by His grace, it's only by His goodness, amen. Come on so in surrender, expect promotion. Expect divine direction for your life and stretch your hands as we as we agree. Would you lift these buckets and I want you to prophesy and speak and just and, and pray over every need in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We release resurrection power. We release resurrection power in the mighty name of Jesus over every need, over every sickness. Over every debt, we cancel every debt. In Jesus' name, we speak wisdom from heaven on how to steward the wealth and the riches, how to steward what you've entrusted. In Jesus' name. 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 name. We place this seed into the ground with expectation for a harvest.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I want to open up the altars. If there's any need in any area of your life, we want to touch an agreement and believe God together with you. So would you come forward? And if there's anybody here that has not surrendered their life to Jesus. Listen, this is why he came. And he proved his love to us by dying on the cross and saying, I want to have a relationship with you. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, we want you to come forward. And simply by faith receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. And we believe your life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. we believe that there's power that flows as we agree in faith and pray. And so we're going to pray with you and agree with you. The whole church, the rest of you, just begin to intercede. And let's let's pick it back into worship. And again, if you have any need in any area of your life, go ahead and come forward. We're going to pray with you and touch an agreement. And at closing of this worship, you are blessed and released. Don't forget your kids. And uh, don't forget all the announcements and the prayer that uh, needs to, you, you, know, you need to sign up for. So make sure on your way out you sign up for prayer uh, on the 40-hour prayer schedule. It's going to be an unforgettable, amazing time. Amen. Come on, let's 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 give you God a Praise.
1: Good.